3: to the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Dr. Donna Ganey, and I'm joined here today with uh, Minister Belinda McKenzie and Minister Gloria Vasquez and also I'm joined here with Sister Jacqueline Rogers and we're going to be talking about Women of the Holy Bible and it is a series. Last week we talked about Mother Eve and now we're going to be talking about another mother, Sarah. Sarah, um, who was formerly Syrah, but now she is named Sarah by the Lord, which is a wonderful name, naming to have, uh, to be named by the Lord. And we all want to be there. We all want to get there, to be named by the Lord. And as we all know that there is no greater name than that of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we want to open up the uh session that we're going to radio session with minister uh sister Jacqueline Rogers. Can you open us up in prayer? That we need the presence of the Lord with us this morning. We also need for him to rule and reign on the throne of our hearts as we reflect on his holy word.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord God as your humble servant, O God, lifting up the name of Jesus, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you look upon us, O God, and touch our hearts and our minds, O God, and first and foremost, O God, we repent, Lord God, for anything that we may have done, Lord God, that was not pleasing in your sight, either knowingly or unknowingly, Lord God. Father, now we thank you, Lord God, for the revelation knowledge that you're going to bring forth as a result of this call, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, for the women of God who are participating here today, Lord God, for their time that they take to study and to labor before you so that, Lord God, that we can convey and bring forth the word of God. And that which the Holy Spirit has given unto us, Lord God, so we thank you. We give your name all the praise. We give you the glory and all the honor, Lord God. And we ask, Lord God, that you your presence be with us today. Most of all, you said that wherever two or three are gathered, Lord God, that there you are in the midst. Also, so Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you will be well pleased, Lord God, as a result of us spending this time together. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. Bless the Lord. Uh, Thank you, woman of God. Um, We're going to jump right in today because there's so much to talk about, Sarah, and we don't want to miss any parts of it if we can help it. So let's jump right in, and we're going to start off in uh, Genesis chapter 12 as we talk about um, the first instance of Sarah, or Sarai, at that time being mentioned in the Bible. So I'm reading from verse 1. And it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of the con- out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thee thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the and the souls. They had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Abram passed through the land unto the place of Secham, and unto the place of Morah, and, and the Canaanites was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram, and said unto thy, unto, unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him, and he removed from thence unto a mountain at the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord, and he called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And I'm going to stop right there because... Um, there's a lot of things that are going on here in in this uh, twelve, but we can see in the first part of it um, that he is marrying Sarah, um, and Sarah is leaving uh, also her father's house. And um, we didn't get into the part of the lineage of who Sarah was. Um, we we want to look at that a little bit and who. How did she, you know, she became his wife, and uh, in obedience, she followed her husband. She left her husband in the area that they were living in, which was Haran. Now, let's talk about that a little bit, uh, Minister Belinda. What did the Lord show you about that that relationship that she has with Abram? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, she was a woman, you know, chosen by God by for Abraham. I mean, she was Abraham's wife, and uh, she left with him. You know, God told him to leave, and she followed him. But she followed what Abraham had said that God, you know, let him out. Uh, okay, and then God made a covenant with Abraham, telling him that He would uh, no, no so souls. Um, there nothing that other than she she left with Abraham, of husband. I don't really have any more than that.
3: Okay, Minister Jacqueline, do you have anything you would like to share in that area about the relationship of Abraham and Sarah, that marriage, or that, you know, as her being his wife? Um,
0: <clears throat> it was, um, I respect the fact of, of their relationship that, because um, God told Abraham to be the father of, of, of all the nations, and let bless do that so. God is a God of order, so it was appropriate that um, Sarah, being his wife, she, that she did obey him and follow along with him. So too of the order that God has that the, you know the not that we are women are are second in nature or anything like that, but it's just the order of decency in which things are to be done. And her husband being that he's first from God first of all and that that's always important. That you follow a man who's following after God. So what she did was be the example of the that follows the man that that is later spoken on in the Bible how the woman is to, the the man is the follow him, and then the man and then the woman. So the author, what happened here, God has given us a, a first hand display of how those Actually, ate, did take place, and later on we just so I I thought that was uh, um, wonderful to see because that is that it reflects the order that God in 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 the Bible. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Um, Amen. And mm-hmm. Minister Gloria, share sure what the Lord has given you in that area. Well, what I have about Sarah is that she was um,
1: the half sister of Abraham. Apparently, they were related um, their, by the their father.
3: Um, yeah.
1: So she was. They were. They were. Uh, she was a half sister, and uh, Sarah's name, Sarah E, means princess. So that would mm-hmm. imply she was of a noble birth. Uh, and I think that's uh, the main thing about their relationship is that they were
3: actually half, uh, they were siblings. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They were actually uh, from Kara. Um They came from that lineage. And um, so it was Sarah, Abraham, and, um, you know, they were in the family line. So, <laughs> And so that that is quite interesting there, but it plays out later on in the in the Bible when we get to twenty five, but we'll we'll skip that for now. We'll go a little bit deeper in that area when the time comes. Um, but that is true. And all everything that everyone said is absolutely um true according to the word of God. But
2: um,
3: uh we're having a uh, excuse me, we're having a lot of background noise. Is there any way to eliminate that? Uh, Yeah, I'm hearing that background. I'm I'm hearing it. Um, Yeah, okay. I I muted uh, one of the phones, so hopefully that will help us, and I will turn it on as we need to. Okay, so um, in Genesis uh, Chapter 12, I want to continue on because they do run into a situation uh, where there's a problem in Canaan, and so I want to start from 6. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sechem, unto the place of Morah. And the Canaanite was then in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham, and he gives them the promise, as I read before. And so I'm jumping down to 10, verse 10 of 12, Genesis 12. And I'm reading out of the authorized King James Version. And there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for a famine was grievous in the land. So there was a famine that came about in Canaan. And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarah, uh, she's not named the princess yet, but she is Sarai, his wife, behold now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee that they shall say, this is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will say, save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abram, was coming to Egypt that the Egyptians beheld the woman and that she was very fair, the princess also the Pharaohs saw her and commended her before uh, Pharaoh and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abram well for her sake, and he had sheep and oxen and he he asses and men servants and maid servants, and she asses and camels, and the Lord plagued pharaoh and his house with great plagues because sarai abram's wife and pharaoh called abram and said what is this that thou hast done unto me why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife why says thou she is my sister so i might have taken her to to me to wife now therefore behold thy wife Take her and go thy way, and Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him that they send him away, and his wife and all that he had all that he had what What can we learn uh about Sarah through uh verses ten through twenty what what uh characteristics do you Sarah has in this area um Minister Belinda <laughs>
2: Well, Sarah, I mean, Sarah sort trusted Abraham because mm-hmm. she followed what he said. She followed him when he was, she left, you know, out of her land from her, her kinsmen and followed Abraham. And then when they went into Egypt, he told her to tell uh, Pharaoh that she was his sister. And she followed that. <clears throat> She had a spirit of obedience with that And she was a very nice looking woman She could have, you know, said No, I'm not going to do that, but she didn't She told her to say that And she did
3: it was obedient. And uh, Sister Jacqueline, please share what the Lord gave you In that area as well
0: Sorry. Okay, I had my phone moving. Huh. It is. No, okay. It is. It is clear that she was an obedient, submissive woman. Um, however, um, I was just. It just got dropped into my spirit. Although it says, you know, the scripture reveals to us. You know, of course, there, it showed us that there was no resistance on her behalf, because she went into to Pharaoh, and um, she was in his um. You can one can think that quite possibly because when you read about Sarah said when she became Sarah, and I'm just moving ahead forward, she would stand up when the time came to it, you know, so i I don't see her always as a person that is submissive, but here in this passage, it does show that she did agree, and she did what Abram said, but do we, we we just don't we don't know from what we learn about her later on and I guess I am moving ahead forward I'm thinking here that she could have, you know, crushed her eyebrows or smidgen, but nevertheless she was still obedient, doing what, what um Abraham had mentioned her to do as we also later find out how she often refers to him as Lord, you know, as her Lord. So she was very obedient in, in a sense that respectful. To, to, to in a sense to where, where her obedience lies in her, her reverence and her respect for Abraham is why I believe she did often, you know, whatever he had asked, most of the things that he would ask of her, because there we do find out later on that she does stand up for herself. But along this passage here, yes, she goes along and she does what Abraham had to do. And again, I said I just believe that it's, it's out of her reverence and her respect for
3: him as her husband. Amen. Amen. And Minister Jacqueline, please share with the Lord. I mean, sorry, Minister Gloria, please share what the Lord have given you. I, I think that
1: um, Sarah was both faithful. You know, the promise had been uh, given to her as well that she would um, that she would have a son, and uh, everything that was said to Abraham would be part of her legacy as well but uh so she had a a great faith in the Lord, but also I, I think she's very bold, you know uh for her husband uh to let her go into the into the the house of the pharaoh, and uh she just goes along with it, you know, but I, I think there was a boldness in her in that uh it shows a strength and a courage there, so uh it's strong it shows her, I think, as a strong woman. I think she had to be considering uh considering what she and Abram uh Abraham were uh, were doing, um, uh, not only for themselves but for the Lord. You know, there was a purpose, of, they understood that they were serving a role for the Lord here as well. Uh so uh I, I think she was a good mate for Abraham. Amen.
3: Amen, absolutely. Uh, she was, and obviously uh, there was love there. I mean, uh, he said that she was fair to look upon. Um, you know, I believe the Bible speaks of uh, the beauty of Sarah being totally different from, I mean, outstanding away from every other woman in the Bible. Um so it said that she was fair to look up on. We can look at that word fair in many kind of ways, but I believe that she had an essence of beauty about herself that was different uh, from and unique from uh, probably that would cause the Egyptians to see her, uh, cause her to stand out. Um, the it, Pharaoh obviously looked up on her as beautiful and wanted her. So in 15 it says the princess also uh pharaoh saw her saw her and commended her before pharaoh and the woman was take the woman was taken uh to pharaoh's house now uh pharaoh didn't you know he didn't take notice uh in the way that he may be make a mistake he didn't go really in depth to ask any questions or anything but he just drew Pharaoh off into the house and was going to take her on as one of his wives, and God didn't want
2: uh,
3: something about how God will fight for you uh when you get in certain sick uh situations that are not favorable and that that will cause you to break uh possible covenants in him or cause you know you to uh move for further away from him. and and it's like he saw that. This is an innocent situation that she's in, that she's out of control of. Uh, Minister Belinda, would you like to share anything else in the, in this uh, chapter 12 that we've been reading?
2: Adjourned. And uh, so he was being led by the spirit of God. He was leaving out from amongst his people, and God made a covenant with him. Okay, Sarah Loved her husband So, I mean If you're Seeing the man And seeing that he's Like following the presence So you're going to follow him, you love him You're loving your obedience That gives you a spirit of obedience Obedience does not mean Bondage When it's in the right frame Frame that God speaks of uh, of of submission, a lot of that has been taken out of content through religious concepts, a man's own concept. It has nothing to do with God. Abraham had to be su- submissive to God. It means that he had to humbly put himself under God to hear him, and then to accept what God was saying. Now he left from amongst his family, and he was going into an area he had nothing he didn't know about, and. Now, God promises him this. He doesn't see it. He, he, he just, it's nothing something that's present. It's a promise. But he goes with the promise. And she follows him. Now, Abraham knew his wife was nice looking. Now, out of fear that he might be killed, he asked her to do this. And she did it. And when Pharaoh looked on her, he noticed her beauty. He took her in. Now, when he finds out that this is Abraham's wife, he got upset because he says, "What are you? Why were you going to allow me to do this?" You know, if he had, he just thought she was his sister. So, from what I'm reading, that he wouldn't have done that if it was his wife. But God prevailed Because God had a plan And it, it unveiled itself Later on as we read What God had for Abraham and Sarah Because they're both connected And when there is a marriage There's a connection And that's what I was going to Add to that Okay,
3: that's good. And um, Minister Sister Jacqueline, did you have anything else you would like to share, with I believe you have us on mute, Sister Jacqueline.
0: Yes, i I apologize. I said they pretty much covered um, most of the thoughts that I would have shared as well. So I will let you. I will allow you to move
3: on. Okay. All right. And uh, Minister Gloria, anything else you would like to share on uh, chapter 12 before we move forward? Um, I wanted to go through uh, verse 2 and 3. On verse 2
1: and 3, and it says, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curse you, I will curse. And in you, all mm-hmm. families of the earth will be blessed. Um, you know, there's a it's a multifaceted blessing here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are actually seven seven uh, promises in this these two verses. It's a, it's a blessing that comprises of seven issues you know make you a, a great nation uh, i will bless you i'll make your name great uh, you shall be a blessing uh those who bless you i will bless and those who curse you i will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed so there's seven uh, there's seven issues here but so when you know we see one of them active here when pharaoh takes sarah uh into his household and the entire household. Now, this is a king. He's got an entire harem of women, both wives and concubines. And but the entire household becomes barren. You know, nobody is uh, becoming pregnant. And for a king, that's a serious thing. You know, um, the king wants heirs and he wants uh, um, fruitfulness in his in his own home. But the entire household becomes barren when Sarah goes in. And this was to make sure that uh, she wouldn't become pregnant of, of this Pharaoh. Uh, so already we can see the curse, you know, the the promise of the uh, of the curse is already happening. Those uh, who curse you all will curse. So God is already at work, and all of his promises are just um, beginning to come into play here. You can see the hand of the Lord in this. I am sure that when Sarah went into Pharaoh's house, I mean, she was there for a while. In order for them to discover that the entire house or or palace of Pharaoh had become barren, it must have taken some time. Uh, You know, you have to figure just uh, without getting rude, you know, you, you have to figure it took Pharaoh some time to get around to all his women and to realize that none of them were becoming pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> so this didn't happen overnight. That Sarah was there for a while. Uh, so uh, this was ongoing for her, and also for Abraham, who, um, you know, had to try to figure out how was he going to get her out of there. Uh, so uh, again, showing her boldness and her strength and uh, her faithfulness, uh, uh, believing in the in the Lord's faithfulness. Amen.
3: Amen. And so we also see that um, Sarah is um, faced with another situation similar to that one when they move forward into a different area. And let's get into Genesis chapter 17 and look and see what happens. Um, The Lord is also promising uh, Abraham again. Um, He's telling him, I want to read in verse 1 through 8. And and when Abraham was ninety years old and nine and the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. I wonder why is he now coming to Abraham and telling him now, Walk before me and be thou perfect and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will Multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For A father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee. And the king shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thee seeds after thee, and the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. And I want to repeat that again. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. Now this is to Abraham, and that would be to all us Abraham's seeds. Okay, I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And and of course the Lord makes an explanation of what that who his seed is. And God says unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore that thou and thy seed after thee and their generations, this is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. After every man child among you shall be circumcised, and you, ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man, child in your generations, and he, this is born in the in the house, or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh, in your flesh, for an everlasting covenant. And, and the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, the soul shall be cut off from his people, and he shall be have, have broken my covenant. And God said unto Abram, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be called, and I will bless her and give thee a Son also, after her, yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her that then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old, and shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear, and and Abraham Said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee! And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee; behold, I have blessed him, and will make him and will multiply him exceedingly twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this time in the next year, and he left off- t- talking with him, and God went up from abram Abraham. And Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that was born in this house, and all that was bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin, in the same day as God had said unto him. And Abraham was nine years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old When he was circumcised In the flesh of his foreskin In the same day was Abraham Circumcising Ishmael his son And all the men of his house Born in the house And bought with money Of the stranger Was circumcised with him Now I I skipped the part about uh, Abraham I mean uh, Hagar And Sarah On purpose um we're going to we're going to talk about that though and I'm just going to let you guys talk around it we're not going to the scripture cuz it's a pretty well-known story to the body of Christ uh but so before we jump in on 17 let's talk about that situation with Sarah and Hagar. You know, we know that uh she gave her maid to uh Hagar to be uh, the one who bears the child for her because that's what they did in that area that they existed in. That's something that they did. It wasn't something that was written or ordained by God, but it was something that Sarah chose to do because that's something they were doing in the area that they were, that you bear a child on the knees of the uh, person and give that child to... Um, the the person that you had the child for um but it seems like that it became at a time that uh Sarah didn't like uh what was going on with uh her mate her mate uh Hagger she didn't like what was going on in the way that maybe you know uh just absolutely uh, unconditionally that two women uh will not be safe in the same house with one man um it, it it's impossible and it's need that they may live together, but there's not gonna that there's there's gonna be friction, especially when the man lacks the <laughs> wisdom of god um and nor will the man be able to perceive uh what is in the thoughts of the woman between each woman. Um, even if they uh, control, it will be by force, but it doesn't tame the heart, nor does it tame the mind, nor the spirit, or the soul. Minister Belinda, please share your thoughts in that area.
2: Uh, I was listening to you, what you just finished saying. You know, um, Sarah was his wife, you know, his chosen wife. But uh, she chose to take the young lady, like you said, it was a tradition. It wasn't something that God ordered, because because God had made the promise to Abraham, and it would be through Sarah. And that uh, uh, Sarah chose to take the woman, you know, let her have the baby, and it would prove to be a conflict later, you know. Uh, I don't know if there was, you know, jealousy. She was jealous of uh, the other lady because she had the baby. And uh, so sometimes there's a pull between that love for that man. You know, the other one wants the intimacy or whatever. I don't know. You know, I know that in a natural sense, uh, sometimes men have more than one mind and stuff. But I know God is the author of everything. Anything that God does, if people follow the direction, is peace. God is the author of peace. So when we got to go out of God's will and try to do something ourselves, we bring other elements in. Um, but God's promise will still prevail. Um, I, I, I want to go... And I'm not going to say that because that goes into another realm. You know, there's conditions, you know, that brings about God's promises and stuff. His word stands forever. It's how we motive, what we do. You know, when he left, when Abraham left, and God told him the promise. But then when he gets there, God starts laying out instructions. You know, he tells Abraham, because he's setting up a, a... A a promise that deals with nations And and God is a God of order His order is the most important Because it's about his kingdom And he tells Abraham You must be uh, perfect in my eyesight So there's a condition he's telling Abraham He's commanding him that he walk in this place And then he says that, you know Because Sarah has done this thing He still honors that boy He honors the other child. But he says his covenant is with Isaac, not the other child. So there's a covenant he made with Abraham and his seed. So he's making a distinguish that that boy was was not of the seed. He had the seed from Abraham, but he did not have the covenant. It was not the will of God. Isaac was. But God still honors the young man, that child. And then he says, he puts an order in, on all the firstborns, you will circumcise them. So there's, there's a condition that God set, starts setting it up, that these things you're going to do, this is what you do, Abraham, under this covenant. And then he goes Pacific, and he tells them more details about the, the covenant. My thought when I, used to, I read the story was, Sarah, you just should have stayed lined up to, to obey God. But I think when we get emotions involved in something, because she's older, she's thinking that this is not going to come to pass, but it does. Because God spoke it. That's all i got got to say. Okay.
3: So, Minister Jacqueline, please share what the Lord has given you in that area. Um, we're talking about also uh, interjecting uh, Sarah and Hagar as well, because now we have Ishmael in the picture. But also Sarah is our focus. Um, share what the Lord is saying, has given you.
0: As I was you're listening um, and, and also, again, just being over it, Um, Sarah, like, I like what Minister Belinda just said here about, you know, um, she made an emotional decision, I believe, that she didn't have, she not so much that not even having the patience, but she looked upon her flesh and herself and her situation, and she said that if this thing is to come to pass, you know, that God has said, let me help, you know, and that's what she's thinking, that she's helping she made the situation worse, of course, because once Hagar became pregnant, she picked it up right away that um, Hagar was feeling like she had a one up on her to the to the to the head woman in the house, so to speak, did not go over there. So they began to, you know, kind of um, cat claw, so to speak, each other. You know, not in a in a physical way, but in a, in a way that they were looking. On one another, like, no, you're trying to get you're trying to do me in, but I take care of this, so forth and so on. Because, um, Sarah went to Mila and she shared it with Abraham, you know, and let her know that now this, this maid of mine, you know, is looking at me, you know, sideways, it's just spectacular that she, she, in turn, now there's some inner friction. So, if Abraham still you know respected Sarah, his wife, he said, do with her as you please. So she even sent and I thought it was a she probably again reacted from her emotion because she didn't want her anywhere around and she sent her away you know and Hagar was kind of out there by herself but God again going back to the blessings that um and I like to what uh, Minister Gloria had said before when she brought that out about the blessings and, and God had, the word that he spoke over Abraham, it was when God spoke it, it became in effect. So he was already covering Pharaoh when she was with Pharaoh, and again, his obligation so to protect Hagar because that seed is Abraham's seed. If regardless of the one at this point. That's Abraham's seed, and God made a promise to Abraham. So when the angel came and spoke to her, they heard, no, listen, I know that you're pregnant. You're going to have this child. You're going to name him, and but so you're going to go back to your mission, and you're going to humble yourself. Excuse me. <clears throat> you're going to humble yourself, and and this is all going to work out according to the plan of God. The child will be blessed. He's not the, the, the promised child going to be blessed, excuse me, as a a result of what God has spoken to Abraham. So this is what this is really all about is about Abraham and the blessing that God spoke to the man. And and Sarah kind of interjected, again, because of emotions and she's looking at her physical self, and she wanted to come and help the situation out. So, which wasn't, as we see later, it wasn't the thing that God would have ordained, but he still blessed Abraham. And as a result the child got blessed, but he was not the promised child that, that God had sent. And Sarah was going to They just had to wait and to be paid. 'Cause uh Abraham was what eight six when this um uh fourteen fourteen years or so before God brought upon his actual promise. And in that we have to learn that irregardless of what the situation looks like You know, and I know things get bad. We sometimes want to help God out. We have to learn how to stick to the script of what God says because he says, he told, tell us in his word later on not to change one job, one tip. And we have to believe and have that kind of faith that God is going to come to pass. Amen.
3: Now, when we talk about covenant, that that's a key word there because covenant means that there's some type of relationship that passes by, uh, you know, God had the blood covenant. He had the relationship covenant. There's so many different covenants in the Holy Bible, but he's talking about a covenant. And usually when the Lord made a covenant between him and anyone in the Bible, it had to do with him. So with forming a covenant relationship, this means that this child was going to perform something that was going to go far off into the future. He wanted a seed for a covenant that would produce something far into the future that was related to him. So um, usually when God forms a covenant with people, persons, or nation, uh, it has something to do with him directly. So it wasn't those that he looked at him as far as um, saying that, okay, I'm giving you this covenant because um, he did favor him for a specific reason, of course, and it starts from the beginning of time. But he favored him uh, for a specific reason because there was um, uh, this. This is a Calvinist. Approach, but there was a purpose in it that ha- again that has to do with God. Uh, he says, "Everlasting covenant, I will establish my covenant with him." Speaking of Isaac, for an everlasting covenant. But when he speaks to Abraham, he's saying uh, that he will have a covenant with him. But then when he talks about Isaac, he says an ever. Lasting covenant when the Lord speaks everlasting and perpetual it's something that's not going away period at any time so uh, Behold I have blessed him with my and will make him fruitful when he's talking about Ishmael I will multiply him exceedingly Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a What a great nation, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac So that everlasting covenant will lead to a purpose that has to do with God, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's cursing Ishmael, nor can we, because he said all of Abraham's seed would be called blessed, and everyone that was to be circumcised would be his seed, okay? So, But in Abraham, uh, Isaac was called the covenant child. All right. So I want to point that out. And then, Minister uh, Gloria, Gloria, please share your thoughts. Well, you
1: know, uh, do you want me to comment on uh, Sarah and uh, her situation or the covenant?
3: Uh, As the Lord gives you on Genesis 17 is what we're talking about. And then also, too, we're also making reference to Sarah and Hagar. Thank you. Okay.
1: Uh, concerning Sarah and Haggai, you know, I, I I want to put myself for a moment in, in Haggai's shoes. And here she is. She's a servant. She's a young woman. And she is the uh, maiden to Sarah, which means she serves Sarah uh, and helps her in, in uh, what she needs. But suddenly, it's almost as if Sarah oversteps that, those bounds, and she makes her guy to sleep with her husband. I mean, this is, you know, this is no small thing. And so this young woman suddenly finds herself having to sleep with, uh, or having to go to bed with um, this older man uh You know, it doesn't say in the Bible whether she was uh, agreeable to that or not. She was forced into that by, uh, she was commanded to it by her mistress. uh, uh, She was a slave of Sarah. And then she becomes pregnant. And um, again, you know, this is, it's her body. It's her personhood that's being, um, I would have to say, violated here. Because nowhere does it say that she was asked if she this was okay with her. She uh, This was just done to her. And the Bible says when she saw that she had conceived, in verse 16.4, uh, it says, uh, He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And so it indicates to me that she never wanted any of this situation. And she's angry with Sarah for doing this to her, for bringing the situation on her. And she has conceived that. So I'm thinking she doesn't even want this child, <laughs> you know. Um, and she's despising Sarah for putting all of this on her. And then it says, uh, and Sarah said to Abraham, "May the wrong done to me be upon you," which indicates that she's letting Hagar is letting Sarah know that she had wronged her, uh, and now Sarah is uh, in the emotional. She's feeling it. She's uh, she's feeling some kind of uh, hatred, and she's being probably. Uh, by now, Hagar is now being arrogant. She's a young, inexperienced woman. Um, she um, is despising, she's being arrogant, she's probably being rude and hateful towards Sarah in some way. And Sarah is experiencing all this, she's feeling it. And she's actually going now back to Abram. And now she's saying to him, uh, May the wrong that's being done to me be done to you. You know, because now she's trying to manipulate Abraham into um, making uh, Hagar go away. She wants this problem of Hagar to go away. Um, so, uh, but this leads us back again to that blessing anyone who curses them would be cursed. And so, out of this hatefulness, out of these, uh, hatred, the arrogance, uh, the bitterness, Hagar has brought now upon herself a curse because still Abraham and Sarah are the blessed ones of the—they're being blessed of the Lord. And uh, she was an unwilling participant in this, but just her emotion, her uh, sinfulness of, of uh, her heart is bringing a curse on her. Because she is, in a way, cursing the anointed of the Lord, which is amazing to me how the Lord is watching the hearts of people, you know. So, uh, he's, he's judging the heart. Uh, so, that's, uh, that was one thing. Um, now, concerning the covenant of the circumcision, um, the covenant, um, it was Unconditional. And, um, there was a formal agreement between God and his, uh, and his people and his servant Abraham. And, um, you know, when God gives a word, uh, he, he's, um, he promises that he swears by himself that he will do it. And so he does, it's, 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 it's irrevocable. Um, and he brings it to pass, uh, but there were certain things that Abraham and Sarah had to do. They had to be blameless before God. Um, they had to circumcise all of the males. This was part of the, uh, a sign of the covenant, this uh, circumcision of the male child on the eighth day. Uh, and they had to do this for, to all of, their, uh, all of the males uh, of the tribes of Israel. Had to be circumcised, and that that was a sign um, that, um, uh, that that they were uh, of of tribe of Israel. Um, but uh, they had to also be obedient and faithful to God, and and he, you know here they break covenant with God in a way. Because they go into this woman and they're taking action on their own and they're trying to make the promises, the promise of God come to pass on their own terms. So this is a a really, I think, a serious violation of the covenant of the Lord and of their um, belief and their confidence in the faithfulness of God. They put God to the test here. Like he didn't make it come he didn't make it happen fast enough, so now we're gonna make it happen uh and in that they have uh, totally changed the plan of God uh so that's pretty serious amen,
3: amen, and I totally agree with you because in verse seventeen um uh, verse one chapter seventeen verse one, he says when Abraham was ninety years old and nine, and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him. I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Yeah. So he's telling now, you know, and now that he, had in verse 16, in and, and chapter 16, rather, that he has, uh, and, and, you know, 15 and 16, he's taken on Hagar and, um, you know, they have, you know, pretty much really, like you said, kind of dealt harshly with her, sending her out into the wilderness. And she's met by an angel of the Lord, not God Himself, but she's met by an angel of the Lord. But God didn't hear the voice of Hagar, but He heard the voice of Ish. He heard. Uh, he, he He thought of Ishmael, because He said, "And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur." And He said, "Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence thou, whence comest?" And whither wilt thou go? And, and she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands, which kind of gives an indication that she lost the pattern of submission. Mm-hmm. She lost the, the, her place. Uh, she began to move a different way. So he said, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hand. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for a multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man and his and his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that uh, that spake unto her, Thou, God, seest me, which is Elroy. For she said, Have I also uh, here looked after him and seest uh, me? So Hagar returns. And, and it says in verse 16, uh, 16, 16, and Abraham was fourscore and sixty years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abraham. So, but he's getting into 18 and he's telling him now, at this point, walk before me perfect. And, you know, he's telling him uh, there, had, there was a change point right here. and And there's a need, like you said, there's a need for cleansing. Uh, a cleansing, you know, and 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 the woman has her purification. The man's purification uh, is taken place through the circumcision. And so here we go. Uh, that he's telling them every one of the males in here have to be purified, have to be c- circumcised, and and by the by the blood. And like be to God, we have a uh, <laughs> an atonement uh, that comes by the circumcision of the heart as well now Mm -hmm. keeps us in the righteousness of our Lord and Savior. Um, But, you know, so through all of this, there was a necessity for change, and, and it took place in 17 when he told him that it's a time for him to walk and be blameless. But now we get to the point where this is actually coming Being uh, coming into the fruitfulness. uh, The relationship of Sarah and Abraham is coming into a different uh, level now in in chapter 18. And I I want to read from verse 1 because it's so important to get it all. But and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mumre, and he said in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes. And looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be set and wash your feet. And rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on. But therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do. And thou hast said, as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quick three meal, measures of fine meal needed to make cake upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a cow tender and good, and gave it unto the young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took uh, butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before him, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to this time of life, uh, according to the time of life, and lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah was old, were old and well stricken in age, mm-hmm. and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, and after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I, of surety, bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard of the Lord? And the time, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah den- denied, saying, I laugh not. For she was afraid, and he said, "Nay, but thou didst laugh." And the man rose up from thence uh, and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went and I'm going to stop right there. Uh, let's talk about this a little bit because you know there's a whole lot of things coming out of this. Now, uh, Sarah, first of all, she prepares meals. She's cooking by herself. She you know, all, with all of the servants they have, she's preparing the the meal in the home in the place. And the other thing is, is that um, Sarah is like she realizes that there's a lot of age, uh, there's a lot of change. There, they have grown old, and she's even questioning: Is there any pleasure? Mm-hmm pleasure in the the relationship to even produce a child. She's even, you know, she's asking, she's laughing about it because, you know, think about it, uh, someone that old after your body begins to mature and change and you don't, you know, everything becomes repetition. Everything begins to look the same, you know. Things are uh, beginning to change mentally, physically, uh, spiritually, uh, uh, soullessly, uh, because there. hopefully there's wisdom coming out of it. But this time, before Sarah heard it from Abraham, because God was speaking directly to Abraham, not Sarah, but Sarah heard it. In the distance herself What the Lord is saying She's hearing it herself So let, Let's talk about this uh, And see what the Lord Has given you out of this uh, Minister Belinda
2: Well I mean you know it, Again God comes to Abraham through these angels These men And uh, he tells her. You know, Sarah's wax. She's gotten older, and it says it ceased from uh, at this age, at uh, eleven. Says now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. It ceased. It ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So if I'm getting this right, that uh, there was a period of time after a while he didn't go into her no more. You know, I don't think they had any relationship you know, sexual relationship. And, uh, but, uh, she says, you know, when she hears the, the man that God has sent say that she'll conceive, she says, at my old age, she laughs. You know, because she's looking at her body. She's looking naturally. She's not seeing or hearing spiritually. She's looking naturally, looking at her, herself, I'm old, you know, I'm going to have pleasure this time of my life. And, uh, But, you know, God tells Abraham she's going to conceive. Mm hmm But uh, but Mm -hmm. even though in the midst of that, you know, Abraham comes in and asks her to to prepare food, she doesn't. So, uh, um, and we know that she does conceive the child, just like God said. But it's more, you know, we it's like a person can know a part, but because they're only seeing it hearing in their part. And she was hearing it, but she didn't, I don't think that she really received it because it was something that she, the belief that my body is old. I'm not going to bear a child. You know, any one of us, if we were in our uh, ages as they were, you know, I'm 90 years old and I'm going to have a baby. Women look now like 50 years old. No, I'm not have a no baby at 50. And yet God told them they would. They were way beyond their age. Mm. You know, so a lot of times I take in consideration when this stuff is told, uh, when I read it, I laugh because. God, I've found out now, is the walk of God. God can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know? If you look at all the scriptures, I mean, he made that donkey talk, that ass talk. I mean, mm-hmm. God could do anything. We read yeah, well, Genesis the first. You know, God spoke light, and there was light. He made water. He made the sky. He made the stars. So he will keep a covenant. Mm-hmm. If he promises uh something, it makes, and this was, like you said, our covenant had beyond them. It was about what God was going to establish through them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was God's plan. That baby was God's plan. Okay. <laughs> Now I want to
3: back up a little bit and point out something. This is the Lord speaking. If you got, if you have your Bible there, open it up and read verse one again. And the Lord what? that word. This is the Lord. This is not an angel that's appearing to angel. Oh Abraham.
2: no, I'm talking about those the other ones that came. I'm not talking about the Lord told this. Okay.
3: Well, I'm talking about this too. It was the Lord who said it because in 13 he said, And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? So the Lord is speaking, and all of this, and that word Lord right there is Jehovah. Jehovah, Um the one true living God. So That is speaking uh, to them And saying this And she's hearing this in the background Sarah Is hearing this in the background And it's coming directly from The whole So It's not like um, She's getting a third party From an angel No no
2: That's my mistake I'm going as the father Okay yeah, right. when they, they okay. come to april when they come to Sarah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. This was God. Yeah. Later, yeah. they come to I Sarah. Wanted
3: to, I wanted to. Uh, you know, depending on the listeners, I wanted to make sure that the audience understands that yes. we're talking.
2: Uh, about I, yes. Okay. I have no so, problem. Standing corrected. No problem. Okay.
3: So, um, Minister, I'm somewhere. I want to hear what the what you're getting out of this Genesis 18. And any other areas about what the Lord is
0: giving you? Um <clears throat> well in terms of thinking uh, about Sarah and, and her first when died, when the angels had spoken and she did in fact laugh, was it any different when um the Lord had spoken to Abram um back in seventeen? At that point, the Lord had said to him also that um, the child will be born, and he too fell on his face and he laughed. But I guess, I guess, um, you know, the focus here is Sarah, the fact of her laughter, because it's, it's not natural. It's, it's, it's uncommon. It's uncommon, but that's the kind of God that we serve, because who's having a child at 90 years old and Abram being 100 years old? And, like a Minister Belinda had mentioned, they had gone far beyond the time, their personal times of intimacy. So, you know, they were at this point just companions, <laughs> keeping each other company. They weren't um, thinking about, you know, becoming intimate to um, create a child. So it was not just funny to Sarah, but it was funny to Abraham also. But they were obedient, you know, Abram, he was, he was obedient to the Lord. And he believed what God said. Ultimately, and so Sarah too, you know, she eventually, you know, she got she conceived a child at 90 years old. But when it was first mentioned to her, he thought it strange, and she did laugh. And I was kind of embarrassed by her laughter because when they said that you laugh, like you know, you're laughing at God, so to speak, maybe. And it's like, you know, that's why she wanted to quickly deny it, like. You know, I don't think that she wanted to um, say that she was laughing at what God had said, but she found it funny because she was like, you know, in her personal self, I'm sure, was like, how could this be? How, how could this be this, this later on in life? Because like, at, at that time, body accretions um, and things of that nature, is just, just way off the scales of childbearing years. So she found she did find it strange, and, and as I mentioned before, so did Abraham. But ultimately, they believed God. Amen?
3: Amen. So it was, again, I want to point out again, it's not the angels that she's hearing from. She is speaking to the Lord, L-O-R-D, all letters capitalized there. And that is the word Yahweh. The root word is Yahoga. Um minister Gloria, please share what the Lord has given you.
1: Oh Lord, you know, this uh this chapter eighteen is so precious and uh I just uh wanna make a special note here that any woman out there who's listening to this, if you've not been able to bear children, there's something so special offered uh to those women in these verses here in this chapter 18 and i'm also going to share something with you in another chapter you know the the heart of sarah she waited all her life and she's not been able to have a child you know the incredible promises of god to these two people you will you will bear a child it's coming not just as uh Some superficial promise or some plan that God has that's not connected to their own uh, struggle. And uh, it's not that God is uh, operating and, and trying to make something happen because he's got his own agenda and is totally separate from these two people, the heart of these two people. All their life, they wanted a child. And God connects his plan to what their where their heart is. Um, and he brings it to fruition. It, it it took what seemed to Abraham and Sarah such a long, long time. I mean, she ended up in the Pharaoh's house and she had to get out of there. And they're coming, uh, you know, into this land. They don't know where they're going, but they're believing and all the struggle day to day and still they don't have a child. They go through this with Hagar and um uh, She's angry with Sarah and she belittles and um, the humiliation of Sarah, the emotional aspects, the, the negativity that goes on in her life. And she shamed Sarah and she is embarrassed and humiliated and still she herself is not able to bear. And there is, even to this day, I think for some women who are not able to bear, there's a stigma to it. What woman doesn't want to please her husband and give them a child and give them progeny? And uh, she's going through all the psychological psychological problems, uh, but yet God gives her finally a child in the end. Um, uh, This precious promise that they're holding on to. But I, I want to take you to Isaiah 54, if I may. And I wanna read this and I wanna in a way give this as a as a hope uh to all those women that are out there that have not been able to bear children. Um, and I'm not saying that you will be at some point, but I want you to hear the heart of God because God is not disconnected. God doesn't just do things uh and not n- connect with our hearts and with our pain. He is a God that knows our affliction. And I want you to hear the heart of God for you, O oh barren woman. And I say this to you as a woman who myself was not able to bear children. Uh, and I say to you with love, and I um, I want to just um, uh, devote this to you, if you would allow me to uh, read it to you with love. It says in Isaiah, 54. It says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed. Neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth and shalt not remem- uh, and thou shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. And this is what Sarah was feeling when her guard was tormenting her. It says, "For thy maker is thine husband." The Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the holy one of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall be called, shall he be called, for the Lord hath called thee as a woman, forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, says thy God, for a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath, I hid my face far from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, says the Lord, thy Redeemer. For this is the waters of Noah unto me. This is how important this is to God. God, God wiped away the whole world with the waters of Noah. And then he says, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. It says, Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed says the Lord that have mercy on me. All thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires, and I will make thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace, of thy children, it says, in righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror shall it, sh- for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever gathered together against thee shall fall, for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Amen. You know, one of the ways when uh, when I was not able to have children, um, I took great comfort in this uh, this Isaiah fifty four, and I know uh, that I have many more children in the spirit as a servant of the Lord than I would have ever had as a wife of a man. Uh, And I know that I have many children. You know, Christ is my husband, and I have many children in the Spirit. Uh, And I just uh, offer this to any woman out there who has not been able to bear children. uh, Take comfort in these words of the Lord. You know, read it over when you get a chance. And uh, know that the Lord's heart, uh, he feels your pain, and he uh, offers you great, great comfort. And he loves you dearly. Amen.
3: Amen. Before we move uh, further into the solutions for the body of Christ, um, I want to read out of Hebrews chapter 11, um, verse 11, in regards to Sarah, which is our topic for the day. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive a seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had made the promise um, so the Lord considered Sarah as a woman of faith as well as with Abraham which is very important because as we can all see through other women of the Bible um, who were barren such as Hannah she prayed she sought the Lord for the answer now Sarah was given the promise. And the Bible also says and, um, in the book of Romans that Sarah's womb was uh, dead. Um, in Romans chapter 4, 19, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. When he's referring to Abraham's faith. Abraham had such a faith that um, it did not, he was not reflecting on what was going on with Sarah's womb. His mind was up on the fact that he received a word that of confirmation from the Lord directly that told him that he was going to bear a seed, a bear a covenant seed that was going to be everlasting. And he stood on that faith. Uh, Minister Belinda, please share your sh- solutions uh, to the body of Christ Any or anything that the Lord has put up on your heart for the body of Christ at this time.
2: Yes. Um, first, it deals with hearing. You know, the story is so much in it. It's hearing... He heard the Lord. The Lord came to Abraham personally. He heard it, and then he followed up on it. But God said, "Leave amongst your people." He he left, and he went on in the direction that God was saying. He didn't know that the you know the end of he just had a fragment of it, but he was obedient to leave. Uh, you include Sarah, you know. As far as her be- obedience to following him. And it's not less than, she's not less than, he's not more important. It's just the, where they walked and walked together. Uh, that the obedience, when God tells you that he's going to bring something forth, believe in it. You know, even when we make errors, it, God comes in and you know, still, at times, blesses it. But the reason why I say at times, because if you follow the scriptures, he doesn't always do that. Sometimes it'll cost us something, you know. Um, but God has many aspects to him. But in this story, you know, he had compassion on the child that was not the promise. And when the lady left, he told her to go back and submit herself unto Sarah. But yet God would bless her son. Uh, In every form in this, this, this word, to every individual, there was a form of submission unto God. God came to Abraham. He had to submit his thoughts and his ways unto God and follow that lead. You know, he didn't have a conversation with God when God said sojourn from your people. He left. And each step when God gave his direction, he followed and would bring forth a nation like God said and bless his seed would be multiplied. And we are the benefits of that obedience, of that covenant that God gave to Abraham, God's plan. But Abraham and Sarah were a part of that plan. And it shows the power of God. That's why our sister uh, uh, Gloria said, when Sarah was barren, God spoke to her wound and said, you're going to have a child. So it's always hope and possibility in God. But the greatest thing is to, to, when God speaks, listen. And then follow that direction. What is this? It's coming on when I'm not there. Excuse me. Something something came on without me touching it.
3: And Sister Jacqueline, please share your final uh, words with the body of Christ.
2: Yes. Um,
0: For me... As the as the story had began when when Abram, when God spoke to Abram, He called him out of his um, out of his country, away from his people, and this was a man who didn't always serve God, but when he heard the voice of God, he knew that God had uh, spoken to him, and he obeyed God, and 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 that um, is is key that he didn't ask questions and he got up and he moved and he did what he knew God was telling him to do. He made some mistakes along the way, but he certainly kept his faith in God. And God took, had mercy on him when they did make the mistake and, and have the child that was not the promised child. But then God also, I believe that when you're in God, he meets you right where you are. But at some point, God wants to grow us up and bring us to where he wants us to be in him. And he told Abraham, he says, now I need you to be be perfect, be blameless. You know, those you had done some things before, but right now I'm calling you to a higher place. And, and that's for all of us in God when we accept Christ as our Lord and our Savior. He meets us right where we are. But at some point, God wants to make us better. And he wants to bring us closer to him. And in doing so, Like um, in scripture says, be ye holy for the Lord um, your God. I'm holy. And God wants to bring us to that place of holiness and righteousness in him. And he's going to, there's going to be some changes that have to be made in us as we, when we accept Christ as our Lord and our savior, he wants to grow us up and in that manner, but also our, our, our progress and our possession and our walk and our salvation that. We are to have, remain, and have faith and trust in the God that you believe that you accepted into your life, and trust that, and and move forward on that, and continue when you hear God obey God, Amen.
3: Amen. And and you know there that that's a good point that you make because there's a point of self confidence which is different from faith. Um, there's a point of fleshliness and we moving on flesh or moving on soul because it, it, when it's out of order, when it's not aligned with the order, order, because God is a God of order, um, then we have to question is it flesh or is it soul or is it, um, are we moving based on um, our mind what we think for the moment is good. We have to be careful about that because when we assume and when we take, uh, positions and when we begin to um, implement things or when we begin to uh, succumb to thinking what we think is best for the moment, we we may lose the momentum of God. And that's what Abraham did. Um, you know, Sarah did. They, they d- decided that uh, let's do this. And it wasn't God. God wasn't even in it. You know, it was mo- it was a moment of emotional uh, distress of wanting to get to the point of where they wanted to be. So, uh, Minister Gloria, please share what you what the Lord has given you to share with the audience at this time.
1: You know, it, it was Sarah who laughed at the very uh, early part of the story. Uh, when she was told that the, Abraham was told that they would bear a child, Sarah was in the tent and she laughed. And the Lord said to her, "Why are you laughing?" And then she denied laughing, but the Lord knew her heart, and the laughter represented, you know, a lack of faith in her. In you know, the, it was the Lord who was going to do it for them. But she was saying, how could she bear, you know, how could she bear a child at her own age? Because she's thinking she's going to have to do it. And so she laughed because her faith was being tested. Her faith was being stretched at that moment. And so sure enough, in the story later, many years later, again, her behavior was very much in sync with her heart at the beginning of the story. She acted out on the lack of faith that she had in her heart. And she caused her husband to take her uh her maidservant. And she bought not only uh, uh a break, you know, uh with covenant with God between herself and, and her husband, uh, but she also caused all this distress to the maidservant and what her guard had to go through as well. And then After all that, she herself is now worried that now her son's uh, uh, inheritance would be jeopardized. So she, she caused all this distress, but actually the Lord knew her heart right up front. And he asked her that very important question, why are you laughing? And in essence, he said to her, do you think that I can't do it? And she acted out on it and she brought all this distress on herself. You know, God is a God of covenant. But the covenant entails that the people be faithful and that they understand that he is faithful. God wants relationship with his people. He wants peace, fellowship with his people. And when he makes a covenant with us, he is faithful to keep his word in spite of who we are, uh, what we do, God will keep his word. He is faithful to do what he promises to do.
3: Uh,
1: it's interesting, you know, so many, uh, like Sarah, so many women uh, in the Bible had these same challenges and it came along the same line of barrenness when uh, uh, not only Sarah, but later Rebecca. Uh, also, uh, her husband had to pray to the Lord for children and she, before she conceived Esau and Jacob. Later, Rachel was driven by despair because she couldn't bear a son. And she ended up using her concubines to compete with her sister, Leah. Um, Elizabeth, uh, you know, the, the cousin of Mary also, um, travailed, and But the Lord used that. He used their difficulties, their barrenness, to bring them closer to him. Uh, he used them to he used that to develop their faith and so that they would have to in the end pray to him depend on him rely on him reach out to him to give them their heart's desire and so what i would say to everyone is uh, in, the, in the solutions is just remain faithful to god pray to him reach to him lean on him and let Let the Lord's faithfulness be your confidence and know that no matter what the situation, the Lord knows your heart and he will resolve it. And the most important thing that he wants is relationship, that you should have a relationship with him. He will allow that situation to draw you to him and he will bring you to an understanding, at the very least, an understanding of how he will use that situation so that you can be kept in in covenant with him.
3: Amen. Amen. No doubt uh, what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, The Bible says again in Hebrews 11, uh, 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was passed age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So she she judged Yahuwah faithful because of the promise that was made to her. And it, it, because of that faith, it produced forth a covenant seed that was forever lasting. And, you know, we can't never go wrong in faith when it comes to God. We can never go wrong. In our relationship with God, when we cling and we hold to the faith, to the promise, even though that is a future thing, even though that is a future thing, the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up on wings like an eagle, they shall soar, they shall not grow faint. The Bible also tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not to lean on our own understanding and he will direct our path into the right way. So, you know, I look at uh, Moses in Exodus 33 and I say this often because Moses had performed many miracles. You know, he has he couldn't speak um so charismatically. He didn't have that flow of uh being able to speak well. But yet he understood that there was a necessity after performing all of those miracles, using the, being used as a vessel to divide the Red Sea for them to walk across on dry land. He still said, Lord, let me know thy ways that I might find favor in your sight. And he said, I will not go unless your presence go with me. How many are willing to wait upon the Lord and allow his presence to go with them into every situation? You know, one of the uh, biggest challenges that the body of Christ has is not will being willing to wait upon the Lord. Not wi- because we live in a fast world. Everything's fast. Not willing to learn of his ways. Um Being taught by traditions but not willing to go to the next level of learning it God's way. Um, Being taught by others but not willing to to look in the word and learn it God's way. This this is not faith. This is self-confidence. I've heard it already like this, so that's how it is. No. We have to go to the next level in the Lord. And hear from him. There's no huge difference in you now because Jesus Christ has come. And he's given you that direct access to him, the Father, the Holy Spirit as one. For you to commune with him. For you to worship with him. For you to eat and sup from him. But it's going to take time. It's not going to come in, in a moment. It can come in a moment. It can come in a twinkling of the eye. I can't, I can't cage the father in. But if he have given you a promise, wait, wait, wait upon the Lord and continue to seek him, continue to honor him, continue to obey him. Continue to remain in covenant with him through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. You have access. Receive the atonement that he has for you. Be consistent in repenting before him when the Holy Spirit lets you know. And if you're not receiving conviction, if you're not receiving a reason to repent, it's time for you to sit and ponder with the Lord and ask him, do you know me do you do you know me, Father? Because it's very important not so much that everyone in the world know you that not everyone want to hear you, not everyone want to see you, but what's most important for any of us is that the Lord know us, and that the lord you know the Lord, and that you are drawing nigh to the Lord, and the Lord is drawing nigh to you. Sarah was somewhat distanced from the Lord still, even though she was walking with the man of God. She didn't have a direct connection with God to where she was hearing directly from him. It wasn't until he she heard him from the tent saying that she was going to have a child, She heard the voice of the Lord. It's important. Now that we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that have come to give us direct access that each individual take their time to spend with Abba Father to get to know him in his likeness, in his image so that you can reflect him in the earth and that others will know that there is a God in heaven in you and with you because you should be seated in heavenly places in him. So body of Christ, it's a time for us to wake up and stop slumbering. Yes. Yes. Sarah was called a mother. She she led to the coming of our Lord and Savior through the son Isaac, that a dead womb came alive and carried an everlasting covenant unto the Lord. But it's important that you take sound understanding in the life of Sarah that It's important that you, you um, married to the pastor, you that are sitting on the pews, you that are uh, going about day to day doing your everyday chores and not really sitting down in the Lord, it's important that you know him because he has something to share with you. He has something to give you. He has a relationship to establish with you. But you're going to have to play your role in it. You're going to have to have faith that he's actually there. He is a forever present God. And they that know him are the ones that will do exploits. Know him. Because he said, you know, I I want to say this, uh, he said, shoo away from me because I never knew you. So there's many people out there that's prophesying. There's many people out there performing miracles, healing. That's going to come to the Lord, and he's going to say, shoo away from me because I never knew you. What does that mean? The gifts and the calling are irrevocable. Romans chapter 11. But are you wearing the yoke that the Father tell you to prophesy at that moment? Did the Father tell you to heal at that moment? Did the Father tell you to use his gift for your agenda? Or did you take the yoke off of the Father and decide to go your way, to go yourself, to go your way and not the way of the Father? That's my question to the body of Christ today, in Jesus' name. We're going to pray for uh, the body of Christ. We also want to pray for um, anyone that may be in the situation of terror because we do have even men that, you know, it's sad to say in this day, and this hour, that actually prostitute their wives, give their wives to other men for money. So we want to pray for those women in, in that situation that God will intercede for them. We want to pray that the Lord will deliver them from any strange acts of the earth. In Jesus' mighty name. Minister Belinda, can you please pray? Yes.
2: Thank you. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, God we've heard your words and seen your miracles within your word. God, that you can do all things. So, Father, right now we pray for any individual, any woman that is in bondage. God, whether be she or be a servant woman, because there's cultures that still do that, that they abide by their their masters or by their parents or served or, or made servants in an unfair house, God. We ask you, Lord, that you are beyond that. You are beyond the traditions, God, of bondage that some women may be under. There is a living God that can move the mountains for you. There is a living God that will hear you if you call out on his name. And you ask him to be your Lord and Savior. We pray, Lord God. Father, for a greater understanding amongst we're dealing with your women of the scriptures, God. So we say this prayer to all those women. Lord, in Jesus' name that you hear the calling of God in your lives, and that your relationship with God is important. There must be an establishment of a covenant with the living God and a relationship with him. He but on Sunday to be called on the Mount Sinai. For all those that are married, there may come a day that your husband may leave this earth before you, and will you be standing on the, the rock or under his, his covenant and his prayer. Your prayers must be heard, too, in Jesus' name. For he said, deny yourself and pick up your crop. There will be no marrying in heaven. You will be judged according to God's word. This is an individual thing. So, God, we pray, God, that your people will hear what you're saying, God. They must have a connection. They must hear the voice of the living God. Ya be called. God, you said they have not, well, they ask not. You said, My people perish for lack of knowledge. God, we must come to the knowledge that God is Lord and that everything that He says will come to pass. Sunday God, you able to move the mountains, God. You're able to set the captives free, God. And you're able to mend the brokenhearted, God. Lord, whatever form of bondage you may be under, God is greater than the bondage. He is able to deliver you even if you are in prison in an unjust cause. He's able to break the chains of the jailhouse and set you free. He If you have been sold into slavery... He's able to set you free. If your body is being abused, He's able to deliver you and heal you and set you free from that. God, you know the most hidden secrets, God. Wherever they are, you know where they are. But God, you said if you, we made our bed in hell, you know where we were. God, we pray, Lord, our prayers, connected to them that are crying out. God, there are in places, God, that we cannot perceive or understand. But, God, you are greater than the oppressor. And we pray, God, God, you're able to come just like you did to Abraham. You are able to come to them that they if they don't know you, God, we pray that you will come to them and reveal yourself to them, God, by your spirit, God the, give them dreams and visions, God, with understanding Lord Lord, bring forth God your people, bring them forth to have a desire. So on a, a day, the scripture where you say hunger and thirst, let them hunger like it's water, God, that their body can't live without. Let them hunger, Lord, like it's food, God, that their body has to devour. Let them devour the word like that, Lord Jesus. Let them hunger after you, God, the that for you are the beginning and the end. You are their lifeline, Father. The Amosah that be called in the name of Jesus, I pray for all. God, the Amasa Biku. Head in the name Niasia, the Amahai, male and female God. Lord we pray for all those Lord Jesus, the Amasa Debiaki. Hanama in the name of Jesus God. Amen.
3: Amen. Bless the Lord. And we want to continue. Um, uh, I just want to open up the lines and give anyone an opportunity. If you have anything you would like to say, uh, any prayer requests, please uh, state your name and where you are calling from, and uh, we'll be glad to uh, pray for you at this time. Okay. Bless the Lord. We thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to the Kingdom Mandate. We are talking about Women of the Holy Bi- Bible series. We also invite you to go back and listen to any of our other programs and any of our other uh, shows that are um, that are on Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Now, someone asked me a question in, uh, by text, so I want to point this out that I am not talking about strange acts of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about strange acts of the world uh, that are not of the Lord. Uh, so the God, God I know, Yehovah, he does not perform any strange acts. Every act that he performs is under his sovereign will and perfected. Bless his holy name. So we thank, thank you for listening. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So we do we do thank you for listening in to again to the Kingdom mandate. We will be back here again next Saturday uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll continue with the topic of Women of the Holy Bible series. And God bless everyone. We thank you for joining us. May He empower and equip you for the days to come. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you all.